Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta, and this is our Plug Radio. We're talking with Jason Musson. Jason is a Philadelphia artist, and we first saw his work in a series of satirical posters. Too Black for BET, large text-based black and white posters that tell stories and poke fun at American culture. We saw them at Space 1026, where Jason is a member, and then later at Fleischer Ullman Gallery. They're very funny, these posters, and cynical, and very fierce. And they deal with issues of power and gender and race and class and art. He's up this month at Sandy Webster Gallery with some new videos. Uh, no. Where <laughs> no, no, no. They're gonna, it's just paintings. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they're just, they're just paintings. Um, the videos were okayed. And then apparently um, a core group of people who um, control her mind got offended and um, dissuaded her against it. They decided to go with just the paintings, and then um, maybe she thought they were, they were too offensive, which is funny because it's a gallery, um, which is supposed to be one of the few bastions of free speech and expression, but not, not so. Some galleries are galleries and some galleries are stores. And then she went back on it, though. Then she's like, we can show them now. Oh. The, my contact there, she wanted to show them like, on like a smaller screen, headphones. And then and she's like, well, let's go back to our um, original plan, which is to show them projected. Oh, and, wow. and then I said, nah, at this point, I'm offended. So. Speaking of offense, that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about. And ironically, what I was going to ask you is how is it that you say what you say and manage not to offend people? I think people do get offended, but humor is such a large part of the parcel it all comes in so that it takes on the air of comedy or lighthearted rant. Like there's, and it's all, there's so much other non-sequitur information within, these, within the posters. Um, all these asides that actually like almost neuter the uh, vitriol, you know, you know, it's all over the place, you know, it's just, it's so absurd sometimes that it can't really be that offensive, I think. Well, let's talk about the posters then, because you've created a kind of narrator for the posters and it's not clear that it's completely fictional or if there's a little bit of Jason Musson in that character who tells stories that go on for like, 600 words in one very large poster uh, don't and don't really resolve themselves um, they don't i don't know how that's that that form of writing started the posters came out of uh when i was undergrad many 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 moon cycles ago um <laughs> and where did you go to school uh university arts oh. i was a photography major actually me and my my best friend kurt hunt who's also in my rap group plastic little we were we started a uh, fake a fake gang um, called the Knives, and we used to make these stickers on postal stickers on these like post office stickers, and it'd, it'd be you know handwritten. Um, then I was like you know like my little work study job was a computer lab monitor, and I started write, typing them out. And as a monitor, I was so bored with my job, I just started like rambling. I actually, was, I guess, I was just trying to talk to myself. Um, Have you ever kept a diary? No, no, I don't. I feel like diaries fall into the wrong hands. It's too incriminating. I'd rather just make these, you know, the posters or whatever I had my column for the week. I'd rather just make it public. This way it's already in the wrong hands, you know. <laughs> I don't, you know. For a while you were writing for the... Um, the Weekly. The Weekly. Yeah. What, what happened to that? Um, it was our favorite column. Thank you, thank you. I really, I really, really enjoyed writing... Um, 
writing that column. Um, that was in 2007. Um, it was a much more robust newspaper with a lot of advertising in it and, you know, um, you know, a lot of content. And now it looks like a, uh, a sales circular from Target. You know, it's just, it's not. Sad. Yeah. And Sad. they, and I think, I don't know, they said that they just didn't have the space, physically the space. And I kind of believe, I, and then it was more like, no, they just getting rid of me for the, um, the material I, I put in. But I think, honestly, looking at it now, a lot of, a lot of the content has, has been cut. So I don't feel too bad about it. But in 2007, I was like, since you managed to offend people, and we were talking about your offending people, what are some of the issues that you deal with that people might be offended by? Um, I think um, the way I, the way my work treats race, sometimes it's not really clear on who the author of the piece is, and so when you can, when you don't know who's actually speaking, you you know, you're, you're automatically um, confused and the, the, the readers are sometimes disoriented. So they don't know really what the author of the work is trying to get at. You know, it's a touchy subject. Let's talk about your videos then. Um, you've created a character whose name is Hennessy Youngman. Yes, Hennessy Youngman, uh, the pimp of the one-liners. Ba- <laughs> uh, based on a premise of Henny Youngman. I, the, the, that character first came about... Um, um, I guess as a result of being, definitely as a result of being in grad school, the, the uh, convoluted uh, maze of language used to talk about art. And for someone like me, I mean, I love, I love language, I love writing, but for, uh, it's like, Jesus Christ, come on, you know, an apple is an apple. And so I thought it, I first came up with the, the idea of this character um, um, when I thought it would be funny if like a deaf comedy jam comedian, like... Um, like 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 someone like Tracy Morgan, say in like the early '90s, um, using like the 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 parlance of like uh, of black comedic um, execution from like Def Comedy Jam, where to talk about these um, these like kind of like these these like fine art terms, you know, um, and a lot of that a lot of that humor is you know based upon the difference between white people and black people, and um, you know, black people walk like this, and it's like some suave thing. And then white people walk like um, maltuned cyborgs. You know, so describe what you wear because you have a particular mo yeah, that not everybody H- Hennessy, has seen. Yeah, Hennessy. Uh, <laughs> he dresses with like a super hip hop swag, but it's like it's, it's it's willingly like not up to date though. Six to eight years like out of like hip hop fashion, but he wears a. Uh, Diamond encrusted H pendant, and he has a, a giant like uh, platinum watch with like a New York, the New York Yankees logo in it. Even though he's not a fan of, he's not a particular fan of sports, though. You know, he um, he just liked it because it was shiny. the The premise of Art Thoughts was part his like ruminations on art, and also his observations and how some of the things want, people should know entering the art world and uh, become lucrative artists. And and what is the number one step they need to take in be order white. to have success? Be, be, be a white man. <laughs> that is- yeah, a, I mean, there's tons of artists, obviously, of all kinds of racial, national, and gender uh, orientations. But uh, it seems that if you're going to take a swim in the lake of, uh, or a river, I guess, is more appropriate of art history, it seems, I mean, it's dominated by white men. I just want to say that... Um, that every time we talk about 
the content that scares people. Yeah. Um, we've talked about race, but you have other content. In oh, your yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like, there's uh, a, a lot of reference to drug use, uh, sex. Um, I don't know. What else is there besides the drug Power. <laughs> oh, power. Okay. Power. There, I, I Really, I, I guess that's like, I just... I just totally forget that it's in there. Bruce Nauman. Tell oh. tell us what bugs you about Bruce Nauman. <laughs> oh, no. Hennessy Youngman goes on at great length about oh, Bruce, Bruce Nauman. Bruce is um Bruce Nauman was often invoked in, in my studio by faculty. There because you know, grad school was like they like refer back to something within our history. So Bruce Nauman just kept coming up. I was like, Jesus Christ, Bruce Nauman, this, Bruce I'm like, oh God, Jesus. And so I made that video as like he represents the end of art because I mean I think Bruce Nauman's an awesome artist actually, but when it's just like it's like it's like the easy button, you know, like Bruce Nauman, Bruce Nauman, you know, who's who's the third president of the United States, Bruce Nauman, you know, it's like <laughs> it's like come on. So are you worried that he got to all the outrageous stuff yeah, before you? you know, all, the, all the all the banal videos you can make. Oh, he, he, he so, but you're painting now. You said you were doing yeah, some yeah. painting. Yeah, um, yeah. When I started, I, I, you know, I have a bad, I guess I like drawing or illustrating. You know, I started painting um, the when I did that Barack Obama series right before his election. Well, right, I started it before his election and stopped. And then when he got when he got elected, I finished it because that's when everyone in the country was really, 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 really happy. And explain what they man. were because they were a series that had a particular yeah, take on it him. was called um, Barack Obama Battles the Pink Robots. Um, Barack Obama as the, uh, the the panacea, this uh, cure all for all of everything that was wrong with our country, and this notion of um, hope that he would restore things. You know this genuine, this genuine, genuine hope that people had in a politician, which is, you know, even it's which is absurd almost. I've never seen such kind of cross-country like love of this of a politician, as well as also I was traveling in Europe at the time, and people loved him in Europe immensely. This is this is kind of nuts, and that's when I started the paintings, and I wanted to paint. I painted. I made children's paintings, but to sit down. And just make these ridiculous paintings is amazing. A lot of people like those paintings. Well, they're very funny, like oh, yeah, like the rest you. of your yeah, body of work. Like, they <laughs> they have a lot of humor in them. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make them laugh. You know, that's the song from uh, Singing in the Rain. Make them yes. laugh. Yes, that's all I want to do. Even though I do it the wrong way. And yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, what I is mean, the I wrong make, way? I mean, I make people laugh, but then um, sometimes to get to the, the laughter, um, I say really, really outlandish things. So where did you come from? What, what, are you from Philadelphia? No, no, I moved to Philadelphia in 96 to go to school. I went to Temple for two years. You know, I'm from New York State, um, from a small town called Spring Valley. Hang, I met a lot of, uh, of kids who didn't live on campus. I actually, actually got to see Philadelphia in the late 90s. I hung out like, <laughs> like on Girard Avenue, like 30th and Girard and like, um, like north of Temple, and like uh, like when the campus wasn't so big, it was pretty small then. So I had I've met people in the neighborhoods outside of, got to meet real like Philadelphians then. So why did you go to grad school? Um, <clears throat> you know I make rap music right and Plastic Little. And there, how long have you been doing that? Since two thousand one. And are yeah. you still doing it? Um, not so much anymore. Um, actually had gotten accepted. 
to grad school um, right when the opportunity to tour started. Got a, a real manager out of London with a London accent. He's like, oh, you know, he's the guy with the big hat and cigar. Like, well, I'll fly you anywhere. And so that opportunity presented itself along with grad school. I tried to do the school thing and the touring thing, and I literally left my homework in America. I had to do some reading, and we were the first time going to London, and I left my reading in my apartment. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do. I can't do both. So, I, and everyone I knew who went to had gone to grad school for various different things told me to to, to travel. All the, the institution will not go anywhere. And so, the last two years I spent traveling, but I still wanted to make art and write. And traveling, I wasn't really able to do that. I wasn't really able to focus. Um, I give my like a twenties to plastic little. And so if I could take two years off to, to resituate myself in like art making, then the two years is definitely worth it. And also I feel like, you know, the, the, how long could I actually really make rap music for, you know, like, I don't want to be like 50, like on stage and like yelling at kids, you know, I'll just, at that point I'll just maybe physically lash out at them or something, you know, forget the rap. Well, we've been talking to Jason Scott Musson. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Art Blog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. Thanks to our sponsors, including the Knight Foundation and Fleischer Art Memorial. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And Eric Biondo, who provided the music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.